Muggles with Attitude is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that every single actor in the Harry Potter movies is actually an armadillo? Yeah, it's all forced perspective. (laughs) (laughs) For more armadillo facts and find out how you can access episodes a day early and to find our other podcasts, check us out at patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club. Hogwarts, 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 Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> Hello there, you're listening to Muggles with Attitude. We're reading J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series of fantasy novels. We have I'm, read them. We have read them. I am Alice Sullivan. I'm Jeff Lake. And I'm Michael Sparkman. And today we're going to be discussing on our final podcast, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2, the movie. I mean, it's really just our final episode. Ever? Of the f- <laughs> no, I, I, mean, is <laughs> I mean the way 2020 is going. Yeah, could be. let's not assume. Yeah, <sighs> I'm gonna be really pissed if this is all that's left of me in the future. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot. At least there's a lot of it. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, listeners, we're recording this in 2020 before the brain slug invasion, <laughs> <laughs> but after the coronavirus epidemic yeah. and after the zombie weasels or whatever that got the mutated <laughs> the coronavirus. Minx. Yeah, yeah. The zombie mut- mutated minks and the murder hornets and the murder hornets and the fire tornadoes. <laughs> oh my god! Or is that what what destroyed Australia? That, no, this was in California. I think the fire oh, okay. tornadoes. Right, Australia's still there at this point. It's, I figure it's kind of like the, it's turned into Mad Max, though, right? Oh, like when they made yeah. those movies, it was 2020. That's right. <laughs> right. Anyway. So, how'd you like it? The second one? I, I actually liked it less than I liked the first one. Me too. Me too. Yeah. yeah. It was boring. I, I thought, I complained about the last one having not much structure, and this had less structure, and it was mostly this big old battle that I did not find very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. They they did a lot of like where 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 I felt the first book stayed true to the book. Sorry, where I, where I felt the first movie of this duo f- stayed true to the book pretty well. This one, I feel like they just went like off the edge. Like like they just lost track of what they were doing. I don't know. Like, I, why, what I was thinking is these people saw Lord of the Rings. Yes. Right? Oh my gosh. And they wanted to make that. Mm-hmm. Because it was total Lord of the Rings battle where they're they're manning barricades and they're they're putting up this giant invisible for, well invisible force field, and then the the Death Eaters show up and there's like a thousand of them. Or, and they're like, where do you even come from? Yeah, right. And they're all like launching artillery shots from their wands. They're hitting the force field. It, it actually looked like uh, didn't that happen in Infinity War? The much more recent. Yeah, Marvel yeah, it movie? did actually. Yeah. When they're defending Wakanda against that like horde, the Ravening Horde. Yeah, which is kind of. I felt like that whole scene, they were just making a, it was this weird like copy of a copy of a copy thing because they were copying the Lord of the Rings battles and the battles from the Lord of the Rings movies were copying the battles from the books, but the battles from the books were very different than the movies because the movies were clearly like modern style battles where there's just explosions everywhere. But in the Lord of the Rings books, there weren't just explosions everywhere because they didn't have modern weaponry. You know, it was actual an actual tactical medieval battle where they had you know, forces on either side that were laying siege to each other. And in the movies of Lord of the Rings, uh, you know, they they basically made it World War II because that's what audiences want to see, right? Audiences think that's what battles look like. Yeah, it's, it was an interesting choice. I, I guess that, that must be the explanation is they're trying to give 
people what they think people want. But I feel like the actual, like the, the Hogwarts battle that happened in the books would have been a lot more interesting to watch than what we just saw. Yeah. And maybe cheaper? I don't know. It, it seems like having a big battle like that is expensive. Uh, having an epic, like, thousand-person yeah, thing. Yeah, they, they, they had to get all the Death Eaters in one big group so they could all charge screaming, rah, like orcs, mm-hmm. which they didn't really do in the books and doesn't really make any sense because these people are all wizards. Mm-hmm. And then all, and stuff is just exploding constantly. Yeah. Just the roof is just exploding all the time, and it makes you wonder who's doing that, right? The Death Eaters are in the castle at this point. Why is shit still exploding? And we missed fun things like Trelawney throwing the the seeing... Oh my god, what are they called? Crystal balls. Yeah, Trelawney yeah. throwing the crystal balls or like all of the herbology people who were throwing like the venomous creatures, uh, plants down yeah. on them and stuff like in that. The, in the books, uh, McGonagall uh, animates a bunch of desks, right? right? And they and she's like, charge! A herd of desks attacks the Death Eaters. Mm-hmm. In this one, she animates some dudes in armor, like some statues. That looked cool. I, I actually I actually did like that, but I, too, I, I do agree, Jeff, that it like lacks some of the character. Yeah. I, in fact, I think that, that you, that's what you could say. Like This battle lacked the character that the books put into it. Like The, the mm-hmm. fun, like you know, uh, the the zaniness of Hogwarts, right? Yeah. yeah, and it just didn't it didn't track. It didn't make any sense at all. There were so many Death Eaters. So, like, so many. So many. Which like thousands. Yeah, which didn't fit yeah. with anything else we'd ever seen or read before. But then those were supposed to be up against very few Hogwarts students. Like, we really didn't see that many people on on the Hogwarts side in the battle. I think this this that this would have been a lot more compelling if it had been like a much smaller fight, you know? Like... You know, three dozen or, or or even like fifty Death Eaters versus like the students of Hogwarts would have been a lot more interesting to watch. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. When when there's so many, so many of them, they become faceless. You mm-hmm. know, just sort of a horde. And I think they missed it too. It felt very anticlimactic at the end when they bring Harry back. Um, oh, that whole thing though, that was just awful. Uh, after he came back from his near death experience or whatever it is, and the whole like. I'm alive and battling Voldemort. Like that whole thing was so badly done. Yeah. In the books, it was kind of cool because that was like the turn of the tide, right? Because that's when all the reinforcements started showing up. Um, and th- that's right. There were yeah. all the, all the centaurs showed up and all the the parents and people from Hogsmeade. Yeah. yeah. I and and they couldn't do it because they they had armies, right? And you can't do it like they. They, everyone was faceless already, so they would no one would have noticed if you threw in some other faces. They, yeah, I, I think I understand why they did it because they they wanted to make an action movie. But I think I think if they had just done what was in the book, it would have been a lot more dramatic in a in a way, yeah. right? Where 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 everyone thinks Harry's dead and they're fighting on their own, and then Harry reveals himself, you know, among that fight somehow, you know, mm-hmm. and the whole yeah that the. The closing with Voldemort was just like an action movie, and it didn't ha- it didn't make any sense really what was happening, right? No, none of it made sense, and it was disappointing too because at the end he was supposed to like he had to be killed at the end. Yeah, like just because Nagini died didn't mean he still had his own body himself. Like that had to be killed. Like Harry had to kill that, and it would after that. I mean, it was literally just a body that fell over this like dumb like dissolving into. <laughs> Like burning paper yeah, or something, whatever. Ash or cinder or something. It like looked that. ridiculous and it didn't make sense. It was supposed to be just you know an old man's dead body that yeah. like keeled over. Yeah, and I think that's what 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 about the the book is so interesting is it's not like a big like fiery fight. It's just like Harry appears and he like 
the whole the whole the whole conversation between Harry and Voldemort where he's like where he gives a lecture about wand lore. Yeah, well, <laughs> maybe not that, but the thing about remorse is like this is your chance, you know, like give give Voldemort a last chance at redemption. Like I think that would have been an interesting scene in this movie. I think it could have been, you know. I think the way it was written was just fine and like we haven't even mentioned the worst part, which was the bullshit of them like falling off of the side, like Harry being like, let's have this end where it started, Tom, which I guess was supposed to go back to like when Tom Riddle attacked his mom in the first place. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. 16 yeah, years together. before. Yeah, during that scene, I was like, wait, wait, when did this begin? Wait, do you mean when the prophecy was spoken? Like <laughs> well, when, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Harry doesn't know. He's just like, oh, that's going to sound cool. I'm going to say that now. And then like just that whole like whatever it was, them like, melding or fighting or something as they were spinning yeah, they, around they, Hogwarts. They, they zoomed around as a special effect and then their, their faces kind of merged into each other. It was awful. And that, I mean, I kind of get, like, the idea is there's the duality, right? You know, we're two sides of the same coin, you and I, Batman. But that's not true anymore. It's specifically not true because Harry did the trick to make Voldemort kill him. Yeah, they literally just not, had that whole scene. Yeah, they're not the same anymore. I, and I think that's something that... that Another thing that bugged me about that that long series of events at, at the end there is it doesn't actually make sense within the the truth that they establish, right? Like the at that point, Voldemort's supposed to his power is already broken at that point, right? That's that's the point in the books is that he's his just power, a dude. Yeah, yeah, his power was broken when he attempted to kill Harry in the forest. Like that was. And, and, and well, that's, ever, when he, that's when he became vulnerable, right? He's still like a cool wizard. Stuff, well, right? yes and no. Because remember, after that, that's when his spells kind of stopped working. And ever after that, like he tries to cast the Cruci- Cruciatus Curse on Harry in the, in the woods. It doesn't work. He tries to silence the, the other people, and that doesn't work very well. Like ever after that, his power is supposed to be severely weakened for whatever reason, you know? Mm-hmm. Because uh, of the wand. Because of the wand, right? The wand is, is keeping a careful track of who <laughs> took the wand and what. And I'm sorry, you're not penciled in today. today the wand's got his like his little spreadsheet. It's like nope, nope, nope. Doesn't <laughs> yeah. look right. Yeah. Uh, but either way, like the that whole closing of the of the movie. On the other hand, Voldemort's doing his wizard stuff. He's like blasting people. He's like casting. Like remember when Harry Potter <laughs> appears? He's like, oh, I'm here. He, like Voldemort starts shooting flamethrowers out of his wand all over the place, and then yeah. that's. You know, it, it, no apparent effect, right? I was bored, too. I was really, really bored by that whole ending thing when it was just like the two of them or Harry was just kind of like hiding behind rocks. Yeah, it, which is interesting because it was it was, I'm, it was clearly intended to be like a, an action-packed, like, you know, epic battle, battle. But I guess it suffered, it had that kind of oatmeal problem where like there's so many things happening. It's just like it all looks, it, it's all kind of... Yeah, you know, I would actually say since I was talking about Lord of the Rings, the third Lord of the Rings movie had that problem for me too where there was just this incredibly long battle that like, oh, now there's elephants. Oh, now they killed them. Oh, now there's some other stuff, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. It doesn't, it, it doesn't really drive the plot very much. It just seems like a bunch of spectacle. Yeah. Well, there were three distinct parts to the Hogwarts battle, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, I don't understand why they changed it. I think the way it was written was just fine and would have been more interesting. Yeah. So I guess that's, uh, that's how we feel about the adaptation. At least of the battle. Yeah. Yes. What about, uh, what about the Gringotts heist? Sure. I, I thought they did pretty good with that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I thought the the minecart thing was real weird. Like, who made these minecarts? <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. literally do corkscrews. This does not seem useful for minecarts to do. Imagineers make those minecarts, <laughs> Jeff. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Theme park designers. They go yeah. through the waterfall and the minecart stops and the little alarm goes off and it just drops them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. And then, but then they, I, 
it was very noticeable how Harry just imperious curses that dude like twice. Not because that dude was a problem or evil or anything, Wait, just because he was in Harry's way. Didn't Ron imperious curse the the guy the oh, second yeah, time? Oh yeah, they both did it. They both yeah. did it once. So yeah. they're all doing it. So they're both complicit. And then they left him to be burned alive by a dragon. I know. Yeah. Well, that was my biggest thing. Like the Gringotts heist was way more murdery than it was in the books. <laughs> <laughs> like they just left that goblin that, that that goblin who did nothing wrong. To be clear, like he he yeah. was imperious the whole time. He's not even like. He's not even an important goblin. He's the guy who works at the desk. Right? Yeah. Yeah. They were like, oh, at least we still have him. And then he gets like blasted by the dragon. They're like, oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, they just killed that guy. Yeah, no wonder Griphook doesn't trust you freaking wizards. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, man, yeah. Uh, they And they also, yeah, they leaned really into like the goblin betrayal, which I don't didn't think was like so much the case in the book. It was more yeah, like... I don't think the goblin betrayed them at all. Not in the, in the no, book. he just ran away. He was just like, oh, yeah. the, the jig is up. Yeah. I'm out of here. He which didn't is... leave them to die. Yeah. No. He like, took the sword, which is which was his payment and, and booked. Sure. Yeah. And, and, the, and, and they actually lampshaded this a bit in the movie where, where Harry's like, our plans never work. You know, our, our plan is just get in there and then all hell breaks loose, mm-hmm. which is true. Yes. And that, that was their true. plan for Gringotts. They did not have a plan to get out. No, they did mm-hmm. not. Uh, but luckily the dragon presented itself. <laughs> yeah. Something always happens. Yeah. I would like to make a special mention, of course, of Helena Bonham Carter, who is amazing. Yeah, she's the she's best. Phenomenal. Yeah, that, that the, the, the bits, just like in the previous movie, the bits where an adult is playing the kid characters in disguise it was good. It, yeah. It's it's funny because you know that's that's something that you in the book you don't the challenge doesn't present itself in the book because it's like it's a thing that it is right. But like as an actor having to play, what was it, Alice? So it's so it's. Helena Bonham Carter is yes. playing... who's playing Emma Watson, who's playing Hermione, who's playing Bellatrix. Yeah, yeah. so it's just like this this weird like actor inception thing. That she, but she does an excellent job. She's like, so good. Yeah, yeah. She, she looks like Hermione Granger... Uh, trying to be Bellatrix Lestrange. I watched a few like YouTube like making up videos about it, and they're pretty great. Mm. Um, watching it, Helena Bonham Carter is a very good actress. Yeah, and, and I think that uh, she's like. And probably one of the top top five characters in the in the movies. Anyway, it's like uh, Bellatrix Lestrange, played by Helena Bonham Carter, is fantastic. Speaking of actors, though, I really do feel like the kid actors, the three of them, got better I over think... the series. I, I I do definitely feel that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I I I have vague memories of some of the, the weird faces that uh, Harry Potter makes in the early movies. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm acting faces. It's like eh, yeah. Yeah, I think I they think all grew into their. Yeah, I think they grew into their roles really, really nicely. Ah, speaking of growing into roles, the hot uh, Rupert Grint. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Is this guy? We're just gonna make him hot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so when uh, uh, yeah when Ron Weasley's going into Gringotts, uh, Hermione hots him up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, he looks a lot better. Yeah, it works. <laughs> yeah. Poor guy. So, what was your favorite thing about the movie? Oh man, just the whole scene when Harry first comes to the castle and is like, "I need as much time as possible." And Professor McGonagall's like, go do what you need to do. And she like, oh, like she animates all the statues and they're falling down, which is really cool. And then she makes the joke about how I always wanted to do that spell. And Molly Weasley gives her the side eye, which is like a nice moment of levity. Mm. And then like, but then you have the adults that are making this protective spell going around it. And like, as a former teacher, like that really, and as a mom, I guess it is, that really just chokes me up that like, they're trying to, they're doing what they can to protect these children and protect these school, even though that they know they're about to die. I thought it was extremely moving. And then I like it when Luna yells at Harry and tells him to 
sit down and shut up and listen to her for a minute. Yeah, they gave her an arc. They did. More of a role. Yeah. Which I appreciate. Anything with Luna is great. What yeah. about y'all? What was your favorite parts? Uh, you know, I actually I actually kind of enjoyed that scene as well. Though, mm-hmm. though I think uh, on the rewatch, uh, a close second might be like some of the Gringotts stuff. You know, like the the... The, the breaking out of Gringotts is pretty fun, even though awfully murdery. <laughs> <laughs> I love dragons, you know? I know. I know. So what was your least favorite thing? Like I said before, the weird, hairy, Voldemort face meld, zooming around Hogwarts towers thing. Yeah. It's... They just need to do a big CGI effect, because that's what, that's what the punters are paying for. Ugh. Yeah, I, I uh, that, that whole... That, I, would, I would say that whole... I don't know how long it was. It felt like a really long time. That whole final stretch where it was like Nagini slithering around and everyone's trying to kill Nagini and no one can do it quite right, you know? Yeah, like, the, like, and like they throw rocks at it. And, yeah, it's like. And like hit it with fireballs, but nothing kills it because whatever. Because I guess it's a horcrux or something. Yeah, I, I th- again, I think that if they had just done that the way they did it in the book, it would have been great, you know? Like, Voldem- like Neville stands up for himself. Voldemort's like, oh, I'm going to get you. And then he, like, you know, finishes the snake. That. That would have been way easier, and I think it would have been a lot more effective than yeah. what they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the battle scene, the whole battle scene where they're basically doing artillery tactics, you know, World War One, World War Two style tactics. Yeah. In a situation where it doesn't make any sense at all. It yeah, really didn't. It, it's frustrating because because again, there's there's a lot of like there's a lot of good material to work with there based on like what's in the books as far as like like fun wizard spells and stuff like that. But instead, it was just like a thousand wizards throwing like a little white blop at the whatever the fuck that is right they, yeah they just really dumbed down a lot of stuff and they took out a lot of nuance like it really really bothered me that they just threw the slytherins into the dungeon or whatever like right yeah. before this battle started yeah it wasn't like we're gonna get you out of the hogwarts it's like you're we're gonna put you in the dungeon that's very different right yeah, yeah. they didn't even really do anything except like pansy parkinson was like let's give him harry potter let's do what he says which, yeah and they're like into the dungeon with which all is of not an unreasonable thing to say i mean it's obviously yeah. not very heroic and they're all heroic and stuff like, i would expect a ravenclaw to be doing that math right yeah we don't need harry potter yeah you know? i mean yeah. this yeah. is why this is why the slytherins hate everybody because they're treated like shit yeah. <laughs> like why couldn't they have done it the way it was which is okay we're gonna everybody who's underage we're gonna evacuate the castle and, you know, if anybody wants to stay and fight, they can, you know, like when they just do that. And then the Slytherin is just kind of left that way. And that's fine. That, yeah. And they, I mean, there's a whole there's a whole theme here where, you know, there's good in everyone and friendship is magic or whatever. It's the Harry Potter theme. And that, that this would be the perfect time for that scene where the Slytherins are like, you know, everybody thinks, oh, you're going to side with them. And they're like, screw you. They're Death Eaters. You know, we're Hogwarts students and we're we're with you, you know. Yeah. And that didn't happen at all. You know? No. No, it was it was it was. Yet another opportunity to shit on the Slytherins for being like the bad guys. Yeah, and right? Slughorn was there, and Slughorn fought in the battle. Uh-huh. He's the head of the Slytherin house. Uh-huh. Yes. So all of the students were in the dungeon. He's like, oh, not my problem. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's kind of Slughorn, right? Like, yeah, but still, you but still, you know, yeah, yeah, that to be addressed somehow. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree. I, I, I it, oh yeah, and all those scenes. This is my least favorite part. Uh-huh. There were scene after scene for like. A whole hour of the movie where every time they're in a hallway, students are running in every direction. (laughs) Running from stage right to stage left, back and forth, like bumping them, jumping over stuff constantly for like an hour. (laughs) Where are these people going? There's only like less than 100 people at Hogwarts, right? Uh The same students just running in circles. (laughs) They're really doing that. Ah! (laughs) 
Yeah, that that was a a weird decision, like changing the way that they handled the the great hall scene. And again, like, well, no, I I don't know why they made that decision. Some of the things I'm like, I, I get it. They're trying to make it like an epic battle or whatever. But like, why change that particular thing from we're gonna get the people out to every student is fighting and also the Slytherins are going. Yeah, I guess I guess it simplifies it a bit. You know, there's not this. You know, we're gonna get the kids out and then the older people can do it. And there's a whole decision making time. Like that wouldn't have taken very long, though. I don't feel like like, like you know? 15 seconds of McGonagall giving a speech that was then interrupted by Voldemort, which is what happened in the book, mm-hmm. would have been fine, right? Yeah, yeah, it would have, but the, that that would be less time for splattering special effects all over the screen. I'm I also so. extremely curious why they made Snape's death scene take place in like the boat dock instead yeah. of in the Shrieking Shack. Yeah, because that, that was a whole thing where like you revisited these locations from book one or right. book two or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, and they did the Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. Yeah, they did go back to the Chamber of Secrets. Oh, they did, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. I did enjoy choice. seeing I did enjoy seeing that. I thought that was kind of fun, getting to see Ron and Hermione going down there. That yeah. was cool. Yeah. <laughs> Except Ron didn't say, I heard him say when he opened the lock, he said, Harry Potter talks in his sleep, which is an objectively weirder thing for Ron to say. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, haven't you ever noticed? <laughs> Hermione's like, no. No, I haven't. No, I have not. Notice that. My heart, love of my life. <laughs> so here's Harry's just talking in his sleep, going, <laughs> and Ron picked out the part that's like open. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever, whatever. The plot needed the people to get through that door. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. All right, how would you rank this one? I I would say it's basement. This is the worst one. Pretty far down there. I don't know if I'd say it's the worst one, but it is uh, significantly lower than the the part one, which is weird because the like it being two parts of the same story. Yeah, part one was there was some good stuff in there. Yeah. It, just, yeah, it was a little shapeless, but I feel like part two was just was mostly just this. Well, you know, they really that's the problem, right? Is they tried to make one book into two movies, and the second movie just didn't have much substance to it because they right. put most of the substance in the first book. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I, when I, I remember when I watched the first movie, in my mind, Dobby's death is like a natural, like a good like transition point. Like that's a good place to end the movie and start the next one. But it didn't occur to me like how how little happens in the after that. It's really just the the Gringotts heist and then talking to uh, Dumbledore's brother and then what the battle for Hogwarts. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd put it way way down at the bottom, if not the worst. If for no other reason, well, it was boring, but also it just, it, it offended me that they, (laughs) (laughs) that they made so many unnecessary changes to the Battle of Hogwarts and it didn't make it any better and it didn't make it any more coherent or cohesive or anything. It was just so unnecessary. I think it, I think that my biggest problem with it is it it felt like it lacked, and and I, I feel like I'm saying Jeff things here, it lacked a lot of the things that, the, the fun stuff that makes Harry Potter enjoyable right like the, the fun wizard stuff and like the the weird magic and like the like it it felt like they stripped all that away and made it a really generic fight scene yeah i i don't like it i don't like any scene where they're just shooting red lasers at each other because it's not even magic at that point yeah they're just shooting flamethrowers at each other or right. something it's not literally what voldemort's they, doing half yeah, the time. They, this movie and the previous one they never say the spell anymore you know right. so you don't really know what they're trying to do and like when a spell hits something it blows up the thing because it's so it's just a gun yeah. That they're shooting at each other. Yeah, I feel like this this movie was 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 maybe the worst about that. It, like, 
I, I don't know if I'd say it's the, my least favorite movie because I feel like some of the movies in the early in the early times were like really confusing to watch, especially if you hadn't read the books. I imagine, but mm-hmm. and I feel like this one wasn't as confusing as those. But again, it felt like it didn't feel very Harry Pottery as a movie. It felt like it could have been any fantasy battle movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although they did play the Harry Potter theme or the Hogwarts theme or whatever, the dun 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 dun, dun which I think they didn't play in the previous movie at all. They must have. I think they. I don't we'll have to, we'll have to this time the they played it. <laughs> yeah, we we'll go watch it again. Yeah, rewatch and then talk about our rewatch of the Harry Potter movie again. <laughs> oh gosh, uh, yeah. When now it's time, we can start reading from the first book again. Yeah, we can wrap around, loop it around. I mean, that's what I've done for most of my adult life. <laughs> this is so. This is like the series wrap, right? Like this yeah. is the end. Um, so, Alice, do you think that you will continue to read the Harry Potter books? Over and over again all the time? Always. Always. <laughs> always. Yes, I will. I'm, I will always enjoy them, and I'm looking forward to the day when I get to read them aloud to my own kids. How long do you have a plan on when, when is the right time to, to read it to your kid? No, I don't know. Yeah. He's definitely too young so far, but it's I don't about know. about like eight. Yeah. Because the, the kids are 11 when they start in the books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, eight-year-olds look up to 11-year-olds. That makes sense. Yeah. And I've... then, but you don't want them, like, when they're 17, your kid's not going to want you to read books to them. Probably not. So, you know, you got you to start a little early. Yeah, start yeah. a little early. Speed read through it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. And I will always read the books. And I will always have an affection for them, even if this series has helped kind of lay bare some of the gaping flaws with uh, the books themselves. Well, you know, you uh, you love it for its flaws also, you know? Sure. It's, everything is flawed, and, and the, just being able to achieve some good things is, is really impressive. Yeah. And, I mean, if nothing else, it can give you opportunities to discuss certain things, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, it was fun. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a good day when I get to sit around with two of my best friends and talk about a book series I love, so. Yeah, for sure. It works for me. So, Jeff, you're the interesting one, because you had not read these books at all. <laughs> What are your what are your thoughts on the series overall? As we yeah, end? final thoughts. Sir. Final thoughts. Uh, let's see how to phrase this. <laughs> um, I think that they are pretty weak. Yeah. Uh, I don't quite understand why they became such a phenomenon because there seem to be a lot more better book series out there that cover similar topics. Were um, there before Harry Potter though? I, I mean, that's not like a leading question. I'm yeah, curious. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It, it, it feels like when Harry Potter came out. But like, not that there were absolutely young adult fiction books before Harry Potter, but it yeah. it feels like this was like I don't think they called them young adult before Harry Potter, right? Isn't yeah, that they like did. a pretty recent term. I, I no YA fiction or YA was was a my favorite section of the library when I was younger. So. <laughs> I, I see. Uh, but um, but no, no, I, I, I spent all my time in the the technical manuals about battleships. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, understandable, understandable. <laughs> um, I was a dumb kid, you know. I didn't get that shit. Uh, no, I, I think that uh, Harry Potter represented the 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 vanguard of a of a not not exactly a genre, but like a subgenre that that definitely took off. I think because of the success of Harry Potter. So you know, what? there's something I always talk about called the neuromancer effect, mm-hmm. and I, I always talk about it because I'm the only one that calls it that. But the neuro, <laughs> the book Neuromancer was hugely influential, and if you've read a bunch of the derivative books of it, it, it invented the cyberpunk kind of genre mm-hmm. of like near future corporate cyber crap mm-hmm. um, but if you but it, it spawned a huge legion of imitators that are often much better than Neuromancer yeah so if you read them and then you go back and read Neuromancer it kind of sucks right it's kind of like a Hunger Games thing there was a long period of time like a decade 
where dystopian young adult dystopian novels were like the thing you know and mm-hmm. i feel like hunger games kind of like spawned that even though there was stuff before but that became so much of a yeah. thing afterwards but you, when you when you're reading the original one like the original hunger games it's hard to see how how revelatory it was mm-hmm. when it first came out i would argue that hunger games is a is a direct result of harry potter actually i would say that that harry potter invented this like this place where you can insert yourself as a as a kid into this like this role mm-hmm. you know and then go from there I mean, yeah. man i wonder if the twilight series probably play you could blame harry potter for that too I bet. isn't twilight isn't the twilight series literally fan fiction for something no you're thinking of 50 shades of gray no which i'm is, not thinking. which is fan fiction for twilight yeah literally that's 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 the truth wait seriously yeah 50 shades yeah. of gray started as uh, is it was originally Twilight written fiction. as yeah, Twilight fan fiction, like porny stuff, and then she just changed all the names to, and then shipped it <laughs> and made a bunch of money. Okay, wow, all right, <laughs> that's what you're thinking of, which yeah. is really pretty bizarre in its own way, but yeah, I, I feel like that there are a lot of books floating around out there that achieved similar success, if not you know, the billionaire status of JK Rowling, but uh, but all kind of started from that it's interesting because they all came out within if not 10 years of each other at least 20 years of each other those are like the three major series that i can think of like literally international you know hundreds of millions of copies sold yeah i'm trying to think like how you describe it because there there were i I, you know i I eventually read a lot of young adult fiction i mean like you know it also might be because of the timing with regards to the birth of the internet and social media. Yeah, I was just thinking that oh, too. That's because point. they're they were able to become a phenomenon internationally without having to go through the normal channels of TV and newspapers reviewing them or whatever. Yeah, yeah. that would make a lot of sense. I remember people would like line up for the new book releases and, and wear the outfits and like, I'm a muggle or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not a muggle. I don't I'm know. a wizard. I don't, sorry, I don't know what muggle means. I don't read Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a wizard, Harry. <laughs> Uh, but that's, it became like a fandom thing. You know, like Star Wars came before it. It was a lot like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good analogy. So franch- <laughs> franchise young adult fiction. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, because like Star Wars is not the best example of its genre, but for whatever reason, it's what took off and became so famous. Yeah. I Going into these movies, each time I was like, I don't remember much about this movie. And s- sometimes it's been good, sometimes it's bad, been bad. Uh, the the one scene I remembered from this movie was that my favorite scene actually. So it was a little disappointing seeing that like that was actually the best part of the movie. <laughs> you know, there just was the sorry the uh, the Hogwarts battle intro. You know, the McGonagall's like yeah, yeah. rallying the troops thing. Mm-hmm. That's the only scene I remembered, and then unfortunately, that's like the only part of the movie that. Well, let, letting your memory fade away for a while is a good way of like boiling down to just the best parts yeah yeah mm-hmm. what was it uh you had a good the suck fairy the suck fairy can <laughs> the suck fairy has been there yeah. and turned it into crap yeah all right well that is it for harry potter what we're going to do now is we're going to take a little break and then we're going to return to our other podcast the dragon reread and we're going to be reading the 10th book in the wheel of time series by robert jordan which is the Crossroads of Twilight. Oh, glad I you remembered. Think. I couldn't remember. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, you're correct. The Crossroads of Twilight. Yeah, so you can go ahead and check that out, and then um, we'll be back with whatever podcast we're doing. Yes, next we're not we're not sure what we're going to be doing. So if you have any ideas, please drop us a line at hello at mwapodcast.com. or uh, at uh, hello at the or, dragon. yeah, yeah I'll st- I'll still be checking both of them or yeah, hello sorry. at thedragonreread.com. Right. Either one. 
I am Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter and Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. <laughs> I'm Michael Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> um, please share this with anyone who you think will like it. Please give us good reviews. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Armadillo Podcasting Club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. Finite, Finite Podcast. Podcast. Forever. <laughs> Forever. <laughs>